0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: It is a Thursday, September the 1st, 2022. It's Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh coming to you live from Cecilia High School. Matt Miguez here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We got a lot to get to today. There's a breaking news story out of the NBA. There's a breaking news story involving the Saints. There's high school football being played in the area tonight. And the college football schedule gets underway. My producer and co-host back at Delta Media in Karen Crow, Mr. James Mesh. James, what's up, bud? It always feels weird how you always get to travel, but I never get to. Well, it's because they trust you more than I do. So they, tra- they trust true. you a than to they leave. trust me. So they need They need you to push all the buttons, and they, they need me to go do the easy stuff. That's so fair. that's why I travel and you don't. That's fair. So, um,
2: I just always get now, stuck now in a hole. Now that
1: I gassed you up a little bit, now that I gashed you up a little bit, how you doing today, bud?
2: I'm doing all right, buddy. How you doing?
1: I'm I'm doing I'm I'm all right. I'm uh I'm at a football stadium, getting ready to to do some high school football tonight.
2: I was gonna say, do you um, do you want to let yeah, the people out- who are listening? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Southside Notre Dame tonight, 7 at Cecilia High School. You can catch that game on Mustang 107-1 with Steve Pelliquin and myself. Pre-game show is at 645. And if you hear some some whistles and, and screaming during the next two hours, it's because Cecilia High School is currently holding their practice for today. So getting to getting watch some football practice while we do the show today. So let's, with the NBA... How about Donovan Mitchell finally getting out of Utah like he wanted? He is going to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Utah is getting a haul back for him. Lori Markin and Collins Sexton, Ochai Ajabi, three first-round picks and two pick swaps for Donovan Mitchell. James, what are your thoughts on this
2: deal? I think it's a good deal. I mean, Utah needed to rebuild anyway, but now they have a new piece that they can build around and Colin Sexton, considering they did just give him a seventy two million dollar extension. Yeah. They also yeah. got it, they also got three first round picks unprotected. So they don't have to worry about it. They don't have to worry about losing the picks. And now you put Donovan
1: Mitchell with Darius Garland and Jared Allen.
2: I mean, you've got You you also forgot Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley's another young talent that's really good. I was reading the the trade, and I was like,
1: God, Cleveland gave everybody away just to get Donovan Mitchell. But then I was like, wait. They still have Garland. They still have Jared Allen. They still have Evan Mobley.
2: And then Love, who is going off the deep end a little bit, but still someone that could solidly contribute off the bench. And then you have three first-round picks
1: for the future. I mean... The, the the Cavs could be a squad over the next couple of years, man. That that could be interesting, especially you know with how, for lack of better words, how weak the East is.
2: Well, they won't have the the picks, but you you still have Donovan Mitchell. It's funny because no, I
1: get, okay. You're right. I get what you're saying.
2: He's only he's only 25, and his contract isn't up until 2026. So you don't have to worry about paying him. He's already got the contract. You just got to pay it full through. Oh, yeah. You're good. You're good. It's it's huge. That's
1: a big move. You know, Danny Ainge, now the GM in Cleveland, he's always been known for for making big moves. You saw him put the big three together in Boston in the early 2000s. Now he kind of does it again in in Cleveland.
2: Uh, James, do you think they immediately become a contender? I don't want to say necessarily a contender as of yet, but they do have a good shot. It makes the East a lot more interesting than it already was. Yeah,
1: no no doubt about it. No doubt about it. If you want to get in on the action today, I might not be in the studio, but you can still call in on the game hotline, 706 111 And if you're in a Cadiana, you can watch us on our simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and channel 133. On LUS fiber so again big story today Donovan Mitchell getting traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers another big story in the world of the NFL how about Russell Wilson getting a contract extension worth 245 million before he plays an official snap in a Broncos uniform wild isn't it I mean don't get me wrong it's Russell Wilson we're talking about everybody knows the, the kind of player Russell Wilson is, so that's exactly why the deal got done when it did. But still, to, to sit there and say, this man signed a $50 million a year extension before he ever played a down for the team, is pretty crazy.
2: Broncos country.
1: That's right. There it is. There it is. Oh, my God, that's so awesome. Good for us, though. I'm a, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan, so anytime that that uh, the guys like him get those big deals, I'll never complain about it. Um. let's see, a couple other things to look at. How about bad news for the Saints yet again?
2: Seems like it goes in a trend, right? There's there's always something that happens. Just when something good happens, there's always a supposed bad thing that happens because we don't know the full details of it all, but Marcus May has been accused of aggravated assault.
1: Look, I'm going to say this. And I, I, the the key word here is allegation, and, and I understand that. And I am a firm believer of our court system and the fact of it's innocent until proven guilty. And, and I stand by that. However, if there was enough information provided to the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Department to even arrest the man, he did something. Whether he pulled a handgun or not remains to be seen or, or whatever. That man did something. Unless there's a Marcus May doppelganger uh, pulling pulling guns out in, in Metairie. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he had to have done something. So, interested to see how that plays out. We got a lot of college football on tonight, One local high school football game tonight and a bunch tomorrow. Week one getting underway. The Cajuns will play on Saturday against Southeastern. Jay Walker will join us at 430 to do that. The Cajun I mean I'm sorry, LSU will play Florida State Sunday night at 6 30 from the Caesar Superdome. Tomorrow we'll have Carter Carrolls join us to discuss the Seminoles before that game. Houston Astros getting a win yesterday. They return to action tomorrow against the Los Angeles Angels, or as Kevin Foote calls them, the little MVPs. Uh, that first pitch will be at 838, and you can catch it all right here on the game. All right, James, our fantasy league is full. RP3's fantasy league is full. However, our guy, Clint Domang. Still has a couple spots left.
2: He needs our help. And he needs so, your help. If you if you haven't joined one of our leagues, and you want to join, and you're like, oh, it's probably too late. It's not. We still got quite a few spots left for our boy CD.
1: And, and CD's league is always fun. So if you want to get in, DM the game social medias, or you can always reach out to Clint directly on social media, and he will guide you through getting set up for that. So once again, game hotline, 706-0111. If you want to get in on the action, watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. We'll Coming to you live from Cecilia High School, Notre Dame Southside tonight on Mustang 1071. We're going to talk Cajuns. We're going to talk LSU. We're going to talk the Houston Astros, and we're going to preview tonight's slate of college a little bit more to get into, James, before we take commercial break number one. What are your thoughts on the Titans Pro Bowler Harold Landry tearing his ACL during practice today, and he will miss the remainder
2: of the season? It's unfortunate. I mean, he was going to be one of those main guys on the defense. I mean, you already got the Jeffrey Simmons handling the middle, handling the interior of the offensive line, but... To me, that, that's, that's a big blow. And I know Derek Henry is going to be back. I, I know he won't have to worry about the foot. But is there a cause of concern that the offensive line hasn't looked as good? The wide receiving options haven't looked as good for Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill is Tannehill and he has a lot of limitations. And now he's kind of got a target on his back and more of a clock. Because you got Malik Willis and he looked pretty impressive during the preseason. I feel like they almost will take a step back. And they, in my eyes, will finish second in the AFC South. And this injury just further proves it. Yeah.
1: I, I could see them definitely being a um, the, the second-place team in that division. Uh, I, I still think it's the Titans.
2: To lose, the, but I think they will ultimately lose it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, what, you think You think the Colts end up winning that division?
2: Yeah, I think it'll be a tight race. The AFC South, it's not great, but Matt Ryan is going to a lot better of a situation. I know he's 38. I know he's not as good as he used to be, but looking at the Colts, they had ancient Phillip Rivers, and they had yep. Jacoby Brissett and other quarterbacks trying to replace Andrew Luck, and this is another band-aid because, obviously, a 38-year-old, 38 years old. This isn't a long-term thing, but this is the best QB that they've had since Andrew Luck. Oh, for sure. And having a really nice back in Jonathan Taylor, you've got still a really nice offensive line. You've improved the weapons a little bit on the outside and you still got a really nice defense that's pretty solid. You have a good chance of winning that AFC South.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think that that's the Titans to lose, but again, I agree with you that I do think in the end the Colts end up winning that division. Talking about the Saints again, you know, talking about the Marcus May stuff a second ago, we spent the last two days talking about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I can't help but but react to this tweet that I'm seeing on social media. And it says, Saints on Monday. We have the best secondary in the league and we're Super Bowl bound. Or Saints fans. We have the best secondary in the league and we're Super Bowl bound. Saints. And it's the Usher gift that says, watch this. <laughs> dude it's, it's crazy in three days time you went from being so confident in the and secondary so
2: stacked in the secondary to all of a sudden to it's...
1: no chauncey gardner johnson and marcus mages got arrested and you don't know what kind of punishment he's gonna see and i mean now what
2: now that you've had 48 hours to digest that trade what are your thoughts on it I think it was the right move.
1: I still hate it, um, just because I hate to lose a guy like that. But again, you know, if the if the stories are true that he was becoming a a, a pain to deal with in terms of negotiations, if he was threatening to you know hold out or or not play or, or whatever it may be, you can't have that. And he was saying and all,
2: you, and he was supposedly saying this and that during practice, right. and it's like the veterans are like. Whoa young buck, i I know you're good, but like right, you don't right. got the skins like us on the wall
1: you you can't you can't have that, so i I think the saints realized that their backs were maybe against the wall a little bit and and they needed to make a move and which is unfortunate because again, I think the biggest issue in all of this is that you could have gotten more for them
2: i, I that I, that was a point I was about to make to you because I was going to throw a hypothetical say you are the gm of a team and you need a defensive bat guy you look you look around the league and there's a team that you know about that was looking to make a contract extension with a guy that they like and that's been pretty good so far in their young career and this is the last year of their contract but that player has never made a Pro Bowl, has never made an All-Pro. What what would you give up for a pretty, pretty solid, pretty good player but doesn't have the accolades for you to make a primetime trade, giving up a second, giving up a first, and knowing that he is a former fourth-round pick? I'd have
1: probably given a third, maybe a fourth. So, I mean – what what the Saints got in return isn't far off than what's, you know, realistic, right? Yeah. But but I mean in, in the end, I mean, you and I both know
2: there's a massive difference between a third round pick and a fifth round pick. Yeah, one of them's a massive day difference. one 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 of them's a day two, one of them's a day three. So But I, I, I mean I, I just find it interesting and looking at it from another point of view and looking at it from big picture, it's you know that the same that the other team is dealing with the disgruntled player, and it's like, well, you might as well try and get him on the cheap. I right. mean, you you have no, the other true, team true. has no leverage; they're trying to get rid of him. So it's like, look, I, I'll toss you a bone. It's not a great one, but it's either this or nothing. So if I'm the, if if I was the Eagles, yeah, I would I would have done the same thing. It's like, look, I maybe would have made it a little, maybe a little sweeter, maybe a fourth, and that's it. Or maybe do a fourth yeah. fourth, and a seventh. But, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense because you're going to be using him for a completely different role. That team needs to get rid of him. He's on the final year of his rookie deal. So, it, and and you need it, but that team just has to get rid of him. So,
1: yeah. No, it, it's true. It's true. And, and that ended up being the the exact case, and so the Saints end up with a fifth and the worst of their two sixth for Chauncey Gardner Johnson. But again, like like I said earlier, it, it's a move that the Saints had to make, and they felt like they had to make it as soon as possible. So when the Eagles
2: came calling, they just got the deal done. Yep, it's unfortunate. Plain. You would have wanted more, but realistically, what what team is going to give you is going to be a charity case and give you better picks right. than, than you're anticipating.
1: Right. No no, no question about it. Time's running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Register in the Game Rewards Club to win four tickets to see Houston take on the Tampa Bay Rays Saturday, October 1st. And we'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. As as you know, this is the last Astros Weekend giveaway of the regular season. And Astros Weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La and Houston Downtown, and The Game, it's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, James Mesh and I will look at the college football scoreboard for tonight, and we'll give you our picks for tonight's games. Here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 423 on your Thursday afternoon on this 1st of September. James, let's look at the college football schedule for tonight. Week one gets underway. First game on the docket. How about St. Francis and Akron? Akron's a seventeen point favorite with the over under at fifty three. James, are you taking the zips in this one?
2: yeah I, I think I gotta take them in this one.
1: yeah, I mean that that's a pretty obvious pick uh Akron probably although they're they're not very great either. uh I have to imagine that they they handle St Francis pretty easily second game of the night. How about Oklahoma State and central Michigan? From Stillwater, Oklahoma. Oklahoma State coming in at number 12 in the country. Mike Gundy, Spencer Sanders at quarterback. They've got a 21 and a half line with a 57 and a half over under. I don't know that Oklahoma State covers, but they win.
2: Oh, they're easily winning that one. I don't whether know that whether it's by three touchdowns plus or not, that no. we'll have to see. But... This one should be handled pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Ball State, Tennessee. Yikes. Tennessee minus 35 and a half with an over-under of 66 and a half. Um, give me Tennessee minus 35 and a half.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I hopped on the hype train with Tennessee. Might as well stick with it. Um, I'm, take, I'm taking that bet. Uh, South Carolina State,
1: UCF, this is another bad one, at the bounce house. <laughs> UCF minus 43 and a half. Oh, my
2: God. There's no way they covered that, right? They, they got to take the starters out at some point. Yeah, but that could be after it's after they're up 52 to 3. Oh, God. So, so, that, so as crazy as it sounds, it feels like you almost have to take – UFC you know, in this one
1: I would I would say poor South Carolina State but they're probably getting paid a nice little chunk to go down to Orlando so uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feel sorry for them Bryant and Florida International in Miami Florida International minus 10 with a 58.5 over under
2: I could see them winning by about 13 or 14 so I, I would have to take that minus 10.
1: yeah I'm gonna take FIU in this one uh, Long Island University in Toledo. Toledo minus forty-seven. God, some of the lines in these games are just <laughs> massive. I mean, forty-seven and the over/unders under fifty-five and a half. So Toledo scoring all the points is that is that what we're saying here? Poor Long Island. Um, yeah, give me the Rockets in that one. That's that's easy. James, you you going the same?
2: I almost feel Three. like Long. I feel like Long Island might score a lucky touchdown or two and and ruin that spread. To where Toledo only wins by about 32,
1: 33? They might ruin the spread, but they're not winning the game. Oh, no,
2: no. I, uh, I, v- I have I have no doubts about that.
1: VMI and Wake Forest. Wake Forest number 22 in the country. Interested to see what they will do without Sam Hartman at quarterback, who is out with a non-disclosed medical issue. Uh, Wake Forest minus 31.5 with an over-under of 66.5.
2: Yeah, give me give me the Deacons. Give me the Deacons, but I think VMI ruins the spread because I because I know because I know plenty of times last year Wake Forest won, but that defense is what made the offense have to keep scoring. Yeah, so how I, about a- I, I think VMI they might be able to score a couple times, keep it a little closer than maybe Wake Forest wants to. They'll win. They'll win pretty handily. But the offense is going to have to score more than they want to in order to keep a, keep a good distance. We'll skip the close games. We'll come back to
1: those at the end. Eastern Illinois, Northern Illinois, 35 points in favor of the Huskies with a 55.5 over-under. Yeah, Northern Illinois, easy. Um, Alabama A&M, UAB. UAB minus 40.5 with an over-under of
2: 59.5. Is A&M that I mean, bad?
1: Alabama is pretty bad.
2: They're pretty bad. But UAB only um, recently got their program back. So it's like Yeah, but that, UABs, that's, what, that's what gets me. It, it's it's
1: crazy, right? Because UAB went away for so long. But when their program came back, it didn't take them long to get right back into it.
2: I was gonna say and if then they, they had if they bring out their Dragon Head for their turnover chain, I mean right? UAB by a billion.
1: Right. They had Bill Clark as their head coach and he really you know got the program back going on the right foot but of course he had to retire this year due to some medical issues um, one kind of close to home Louisiana Tech and Missouri Missouri minus 20 and a half and over under of 61 and a half I'll take Missouri to win but they're not covering
2: yeah I, don't see I, them I, I by could, three scores I, I see it more of a two touchdown game. Right at the yep. 14 15 difference mark, but 20 and a half feels a little too rich. Minnesota and D'Uriel Harris's New
1: Mexico State. Minnesota minus 36 with an over under 52 and a
3: half.
2: I'll hope, dude, and, pray that, I'll hope and pray the Aggies can keep it close, but.
1: I was about to say that might get ugly pretty quickly. Yeah. That might get ugly pretty quickly. I'll hope and pray um, that
2: the Aggies are able to make it a good game. We've
1: got Pac-12 after dark. Northern Arizona, Arizona State, the Sun Devils minus twenty four and a half with an over under of fifty one half um again not gonna take Northern Arizona to win, but I could see them covering the. I, I could see them ruining that spread.
2: I was gonna say it kind of feels like with those in-state teams, you can never really take that spread. You have to go the opposite way because right. even though they may not play each other all the time. It's, it's still going to be a lot closer than it feels like it should.
1: 1030 tonight, Cal Poly and Fresno State. Fresno State could be a dark horse to be one of the top G5 teams in the country. Fresno minus 41 with an over-under of 57.5. And, and
2: James, you ready to hear the temperature at kickoff? 103 degrees. <laughs> it's the same thing with Arizona State. They're also at 103. That is absurd. At uh, least it'll be dogs. after dark, so the sun won't be out. Okay,
1: so like 90. That's still But But, that's,
2: but that's, that's by half. The second half, they'll be good because. Yeah. No, that's
1: true. That's true. And then lastly, Portland State, San Jose State. San Jose State minus 21 and a half with an over under of 49 and a half. Yeah, give me the Spartans in that one. Your two big and close matchups tonight. How about the backyard brawl? First time in 10 years that these rivals will meet West Virginia and Pitt. Pitt ranked 17th in the country. West Virginia now with former Georgia quarterback JT Daniels. Pitt minus 7.5 with an over-under of 51. West Virginia. So, of course, everybody knows the, the famous song, Take Me Home Country Roads. So that song is basically West Virginia's, like, Anthem, you yeah. could say. They, they played after every win. And the two campuses, Pitt and West Virginia, are like 75 miles apart. And so tonight, West Virginia is wearing a new alternate uniform and on the shoulder pads, it's blue and faded into the shoulder pad. There's maps of all the country roads that split West Virginia and Pitt. It's a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool uniform. Um, it, it's up all over social media. If you want to go check it out. And then the other big matchup of the night in the Big 12. I mean, in the Big Ten, excuse me. Penn State and Purdue from West Lafayette, Indiana. Penn State minus three and a half with an over/under of 52 and a half. James, are you taking the Nittany Lions or the Boilermakers in this one?
2: Uh, my, my gut says to take Penn State. Ooh, I'm going Purdue on the upset. Okay, all right.
1: They're at home. They're jazzed up for the first game of the year. I think they make a play late and win that game.
2: What about what about Pitt in West Virginia? <sighs> I, I think Pitt's still a little bit
1: too good. Um, I know they lost Kenny Pickett. They lost Jordan Addison. But I feel like their talent level compared to West Virginia is just, you know, just edges them out ever so slightly. Seven and a half, I think, is a good spread. I think it's a one-touchdown game, uh, but I still think that it's Pitt that wins it.
2: I, I think it's Pitt, but they only win by, I, I think, it It feels like it'd be a 22-17 game. Oh, all right. that could
1: That could be interesting. That could get very, very interesting. All right, James, take it away.
2: When it comes to the college football season in week one, Fandle wants to get you ready for game day when college football kicks off this week. Right now, new customers can get $150 in free bets guaranteed for week one, starting tonight. Just place a $5 bet, and you can get $150 in free bets, win or lose. For LSU and Florida State on Sunday, I'm going to be taking LSU's money line and I'll also be taking the under on the point scored at 51 and a half. You can also try a same-game parlay, and you can also jump into the action with live betting if you want to. But there's always big promotions like odds boosts that you can try. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the perfect time to give it a shot. The app is so simple and easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great odds. And when you win, you'll always get your earnings fast. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and sign up using promo code KLWB to get a $5 bet and put $150 in free bets guaranteed into your account. That's promo code KLWB. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue is not withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days after their receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com and if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-877-770-STOP. We'll take a timeout when we return. Cajun's corner with Jay Walker here on the game.
1: Southwest Louisiana Sports Station or home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Going deep downfield. He's got a receiver. It's caught. Touchdown, Louisiana! Can't get enough of the vermilion and white? Then you're in luck. Here is the Cajuns Corner with the longtime voice of the raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh.
1: Jay Walker on a Thursday afternoon. How you doing, sir?
4: Um, I need a nap. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, uh, you might want to get used to that feeling because you're about to be running around with your head cut off until May.
4: No, actually, I've I've done that all week long. I'm actually seeing the light at the end of a tunnel, and it's not a freight train. Uh, The week before the first football game is really my busiest week of the year, and um, there has been so much to do to get ready, but um, we'll do equipment setup at 11 o'clock tomorrow, We'll interview Coach Des pregame at 12 tomorrow, and then uh, I'm good until Saturday.
1: Well, Jay, let's get into it. We're about 48 hours away from the season opener with Southeastern. Depth chart came out last night. No real surprises except except a few. Uh, In your mind, what was the biggest surprise with this depth chart?
4: You know, a couple of young guys on the defensive line are going to get an opportunity early. Um, I, I'm not sure that I expected that, um, but I'm totally okay with it because these, it means these guys have stepped up. And, boy, I'll tell you what, when you have young guys step up to help with your depth, that's a huge thing. So it was a little bit of a surprise, but a, a kind of a pleasant one when you get right down to it.
1: Trey Amos lining up across from Eric Gehrer at the wide out corner spots, how, how big has it been to see a, a local kid like Trey Amos who is you know delivered for this program in his first couple of years, now really getting the opportunity to step into a big role?
4: Yeah, you know, I mean this is this is really his time to shine. Unfortunately, he's not going to play Saturday because uh, that hamstring is still bothering him. but um, you know when it, when the time does come and he's able to get out there as a starter, uh, every week, um, look, he's good, uh, and they're going to miss him this weekend. I'm, um, but I, but I'm excited for you know the rest of the season for this guy because I think he's ready to break out and be special.
1: Looking at the opponent, in the Lions of Southeastern, you know, just kind of talk about what you've seen out of them in your prep and what you think they can do well against the Cajuns.
4: Well, you know, it's a it's a good question because they were. They were so prolific offensively a year ago. A lot of that was Cole Kelly. So, you know, my question is, how prolific are they going to be on offense? Now, they've got some veterans at running back, although none of them, you know, piled up a lot of yardage last year. Uh, they've got they lost their best receiver, but they got a couple of three who um, who had, you know, quite a bit of playing time and caught quite a few passes. Uh, a year ago, and they got two all-conference guys back in the offensive line. So, I don't expect them to do what they did a year ago offensively, but I still expect them to be pretty good because um, I think they got some talent on that side of the football. Uh, you know, defensively, they've got they got a couple of corners who are really, really good and have put up some great career stats, and their you know preseason FCS All-Americans. Uh, but I'm I, I don't know about the rest of this defense though, and you know, my, my whole thing for the Cajuns is I want to see them be able to move the football up and down the field um, because I think Southeastern's going to move it a little bit.
1: You know, look, looking at the, this matchup, the last time these two teams played was in 2017, and it was a 51-48 to 48 win for the Cajuns. A lot's changed since then, though. You're now on your second head coach since then, and there's just been a lot of department turnover both here at louisiana and at southeastern so a lot of things have changed you know what talk me about your feeling of going into this game in 2022
4: well you know the last time the two teams played the guy who was the head coach at southeastern became the defensive coordinator at louisiana and now he's at Baylor. um you know ron roberts was a good foot a good head football coach and he did great things for the cajuns uh as well you know Every, but look, fans are always going to overlook an FCS opponent. And I and I guess to an extent I get that. But this is a nationally ranked FCS opponent that the Cajuns are playing. Now, if the Cajuns go out and play really good football, they're going to win the football game. And, uh, you know, they'll probably win it by more than a touchdown. But if this team goes out and starts turning the football over and, you know, busts assignments on defense to give this southeastern team confidence look they're already thinking they can come to lafayette and win and you and and when you're playing an opponent like southeastern that's got some capabilities but you're on paper better than them the last thing you want to do is let them hang around so you know the the what I want to see the Cajuns do is come out and punch them in the mouth early and because if the Cajuns get punched early this is going to be a football game and I'd rather it not be
1: You know, talking about the the coaching staff turnover, Michael Desermo is, is now the head coach. He's been on the Cajun staff since 2014, was a prolific player here for the Cajuns. You know, this is his time, his time to put an even bigger mark on this program than he already has in years past. What are you excited to see with him as the head coach here in year one?
4: I want, I want to give some props to Corey Diaz at The Advertiser. Uh, he, had a, he had a great article about Mike today that, that just talks. He, he went to New Iberia, and he talked to a lot of people there that watched Mike you know, grow up and be a player at Catholic High and then a, a coach at Catholic High and, and, and have followed his career since. And I like what you just said because it is. It's, it's his time. And I look, I, I'm prejudiced here because I've known Mike since he got onto campus. He's one of the more special student athletes that I've ever covered. And I'm hoping that he has tremendous success. But man, I'll tell you, I read that article today and it just it, it, it just brought me to, to where Mike's roots are. And I I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the mark that he puts on this football team. I'm a big fan of Mike Desermo. I always have been. And I'm really excited for his first home game as the head football coach of Louisiana.
1: Chatting with Jay Walker here on Cajun's Corner. Yeah, I I read that Corey Diaz article as well, and I agree with you. It was absolutely fantastic. Now, I'm going to have the same question here about... Quarterback Chandler Fields. He's been with this program. This is his third season now. He's learned the offense. He's waited his turn, and and the same thing as Michael Desermo. Now it's his time. What are you excited about with him
4: being quarterback one? Well, first of all, this is his fourth year. Okay, on campus, Um, he was the first commitment that Billy Napier had, and um, you know he had um, he had a redshirt year and a COVID year and then a, you know a couple of years in uh, another year just you know playing a little bit so this is a this is a guy who's going to make his first start but he's a veteran he's not a kid um, and he's you know he's waited his turn you know i i i wear i wear a bracelet on my right wrist That says work while you wait. And, of course, that was one of Tony Robichaux's best quotes of all time. Well, here's a kid that that got it. He worked while he waited. And now he's going to get the opportunity. I think he's ready. I think that this kid has never lacked for confidence when he was in high school, even when he he first got to UL. The word I always got about this kid is how confident he was in his abilities. And – He's looked confident um, in, in fall camp. He's going to come out with a great deal of confidence. He's going to have butterflies, of course. But then again, don't we all for the opening game of the year? So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what Chandler can do. I think he's got a different skill set from his predecessor. But I think that he can do a couple of things maybe Levi couldn't do. So I'm interested to see exactly... Uh, how he comes out and how he looks on Saturday.
1: I was just having that conversation the other day, Jay. Once, once that athlete mindset is in you, it never quite leaves you. So even now, being in in sports journalism, I mean, I, I still get that that anxious energy a couple days before the season gets underway. So sure. I'll, I'll turn that I'll turn that question over to you. You know, this is going to be year thirty three as the 31. voice of the Cajuns. 31 thirty one as the voice of the Cajuns. Thirty one. Does the start of the season ever get old?
4: No. No. It's always frantic. People come to me for about the entire month of August, and they say, well, you're ready for the season. And I always say no because because I have so much to do. And usually by the time – in a good year, on Thursday afternoon, when I can say I'm ready for some Cajun football, it means things have gone well. Um And they have, so I'm ready for some Cajun football, and uh, and I and I'm here to tell you, you know, my my heart's going to be beaten a little bit up in the Cajun field press box, as um, as we get ready to go on the air and do the season. Uh, It's always that way, and it'll you know, this doesn't get old, man. This just doesn't get old.
1: One more for you, Jay Kendall Wilkerson and AJ Washington. Were two names that were left off the depth chart. Uh, what, what's the what's the latest with, with them? What can you tell us?
4: Uh, Mike told me um, early in the week that uh, that Wilkerson was not going to be available. Yeah, uh, he was uh, he was injured, and there was no way he was going to be able to play. Uh, I got nothing on A.J. Washington. I do know that you know they were waiting for compliance to clear a few guys. Um, and I don't, but I don't know if either one of those guys has anything to do with that. Uh, but AJ was not a player that I discussed with Mike Wilkerson was, and Mike said early in the week that he wasn't going to be able to go.
1: Okay, so um, injury issues for Kendall, and then you're still not sure on the AJ Washington, correct?
4: Um, yeah, I think that's yeah,
5: yeah.
1: Okay. Jay Walker, the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, joining us here on Cajuns Corner. 48 hours until the Cajuns take the field against the Lions of Southeastern to open the 2022 season. Jay, enjoy it. Have a great call, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend.
0: Thanks very much. Go Cajuns. Tune in next week for another edition of Cajuns Corner here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: Welcome back. It's Crunch Time with Miguel Mesh right here on the game, it's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros Matt Miguez James Mesh James you hanging in there bud Oh yeah I'm big chilling I know I, I know you get lonely sometimes when I'm not uh, when I'm not back in the studio with you so I just got to make sure you're doing okay
2: Oh I I turned off the light in the studio Oh good for you
1: getting getting a little mood lighting getting a little ambiance I like it
2: Well, oh, just like to save it. electricity Oh, yeah, that's that's the reason. <laughs> it is. <laughs> know,
1: what else of, would I have
2: it on for? Oh, my God.
1: News out of LSU four-star offensive tackle, Zalance Hurd has committed to the Tigers. Hurd is the number three recruit in Louisiana and the number 63 player in the nation. He was high school teammates with current LSU Tiger offensive lineman, Will Campbell. The Tigers grab a major commitment at a position of need. So big news there for for Brian Kelly and the Tigers. They just, they find a way to keep on winning on the recruiting trail. I mean, you have, you have nailed some major recruits for, for 2023 and beyond. See, that's what I've been talking about with Brian Kelly you know, you see the success that he was able to have at Notre Dame, and that is with some major recruiting restrictions that he doesn't have at LSU. So now, you know, you take the success and the recruiting success that he was able to have at Notre Dame, and you take away most of the restrictions that he had, Brian Kelly's going to put out top 10 recruiting classes on a yearly basis in Baton Rouge yearly basis. So definitely, you know, something to, to keep an eye on. Once again, four-star offensive tackle, Zalance Hurd has committed to Brian Kelly and the LSU Fighting Tigers. And then some
2: some really quickly was also Jordan Howard. He had visited with the Texans a couple hours ago, and now he just signed with them. Jordan, How- or Jordan OJ. Howard or OJ? OJ. OJ.
1: OJ there you Howard. go. There you go. OJ Howard. Man, I, I, I wanted the Saints to get him. I know we don't need him, but I wanted him.
2: I was going to say, you already got four tight ends. And one is Taysom Hill.
1: <laughs> Hour number one in the books. Hour number two. Ty Richardson of ESPN Arkansas will join us at 530. And your call's on the hotline 706 0111. This is The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. More after this top of the hour sports update.
0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Hour number two. On a Thursday afternoon, crunch time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. It's 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh back in the Master Control Suite. In our number one, we touched on some top stories. We looked at some big Saints news. We sat down with Jay Walker for Cajun's Corner. Here in our number two... We're going to look at some high school football games coming up this weekend. We'll talk to Ty Richardson, who is the co-host of the Morning Rush in Arkansas. We'll get a preview of the Razorbacks before the 2022 season. And we will get to some of your phone calls on the hotline, 706-0111. James, uh, we talked about it in the first hour. We're going to talk about it again. You know, we, we, we said it earlier, our league's full. And the RP3 League is full. But our our world-famous CD still has spots to give.
2: As far as far as I feel, if you're not joining Clint's, you must be scared of CD. I mean, he, he, he's he got his stuff together when it comes to fantasy football. That so man is a it, betting man, so he, be a little he pays fear. attention to his stuff. So I, I'd understand yeah, there, there if you're little a little scared to go against there. him against in his league.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I would want to join his league, so I I could see why other people wouldn't want to. Because um, again, like you said, he bets a lot, and so he he studies this kinds of stuff, and he he knows what he's doing. So again, would be very nervous to join his league, but still would be a lot of fun. So if you want to get in, DM us on social media, or of course you can hit up D uh, CD personally on his social medias as well. James, I found an article during the break that, that I'd like to get your take on. It is the eight most likely NFL teams to go from worst to first
2: in 2022. Ooh, okay. I like these types of articles.
1: So eighth is the Seahawks.
2: <sighs> okay. They yeah. were
1: last in their division last year. Uh, There's a reason why they're eighth in this. Right. Correct. Um seventh, how about the New York Jets? Four and thirteen last year in the AFC West, AFC East. Their odds to win the division sit at plus twenty two hundred. Probably should be higher. That's yeah, that's brutal. That is brutal. Uh the New York Giants at six, four and thirteen last year to win their division. That's what's interesting about the NFC East, because you know, the Eagles have done a lot. You bring in Jalen Hurts, you bring in Devontae Smith. You most recently brought in A.J. Brown. You know, you've got pieces in Philly. Dallas has always, you know, been one of the better teams in the NFC. 12-5, and 11-6 range. The Commanders and the Giants, I mean, what, what, what can you say about them? They're just not very good. But, man, every year you kind of go in with this mindset of, all right, who's going to win the division this year? Could it be the Giants if they have a healthy Saquon Barkley?
2: I think so. James, what about you? I think if Daniel Jones is able to take the next step forward and Kenny Galladay gets his head out of you-know-what, I think they got a good chance because they've improved that offensive line. The defense I, I had just seen that just a few minutes ago that the Giants did release Blake Martinez. So that is a little bit of a shot. But obviously if you're releasing him, you, you must have you other feel like plans. You don't need them. Yeah. You right. must have other plans. So I feel like they have a decent shot, but to me, Dallas and Philly are just ways better.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's going to be a two-man race in the NFC East. Fifth, the Detroit Lions. Their odds are to win the NFC North is at plus 900.
2: I don't think that there's any hope for the Lions. Do you? I see them making strides forward and being better. But for them to go from worst to first, I can't see it because I feel like the Vikings could take a little bit of a step forward. But it, it's just impossible in my eyes to de- dethrone Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the, that is definitely the Packers division to lose, and it is year in and year out. Going to fourth now, how about the Jacksonville Jaguars, 3-14 and 14 last year, a plus 650 odds to win their division. That division is another one that's interesting because you have the Jags, you have the Texans who are bad, and then you have the Titans who, you know, you have Ryan Tannehill who's going to Ryan Tannehill. You've got Derrick Henry who, who, is, who is great, but then you just lost A.J. Brown. You don't have Julio Jones anymore. You know, you're, you're, you're missing a couple wide receiver targets there. And then you have the Colts, who, who has, the you know the Colts have Jonathan Taylor and the Colts have Matt Ryan. So there's a lot to to, to get to there to see how the AFC South shakes up. But let's go to the hotline now 706-0111, and bring in David. David, what's up?
6: Hey, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Jags. Actually, like I, I it's funny is like I'll pick them to do something. To actually, like A wild card team, but they usually like, you know, let me down. The Jags, regular Jags stuff. I think they actually have a head coach now, and have a talented roster. And the defense, the division isn't like the greatest. It's okay. It's really, it's good, but like, it's probably the more winnable one for them. Yeah,
1: I, I, I agree with you. Um, There's definitely some Um, talent in that division. Again, you know, with the Colts and. With the Titans, but it, again, it's it's easy for the Jags. It could be easy for the Jags to to step up and surprise some people.
6: Yeah. Um. Do you mind if I talk about Marcus Makes a little bit? Yeah. Like, go ahead. I, I, I'm just this is extremely. I'm just really frustrated right now. Like I thought we just got rid of the me guy. Like how selfish can you be? Granted, we don't know all the details yet. But we know enough that there was a, a a warrant out for his arrest, right? Yeah. So I mean, he must have done something.
1: And this so, like, is how this is the
6: second incident of the offseason. season he, to to do something like that when we just traded away the supposed B guy. Like, what's worse? This CD Deuce, like everything that I've heard from him uh, about him was uh, he was, he thought he was the best slot con- corner in the NFL. Well, I want my players thinking that they're the best, you know, even if they're not, right? Yeah, absolutely. We should be uh, praising that, you know, confidence. And he was mad that he didn't make the NFL top 100. Like, who really cares, right? I mean, is that like unless he was, like, crazy with it. And the other one was he was worried about getting hurt on his contract year. Well, who wouldn't be? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, can you blame him for that? So, which one is the more me guy? That guy or Marcus May, what he did? Then not only that, the DUI and the situation right
3: here. Yeah,
1: in most cases, had this event this week with Marcus May not happened, I probably would have leaned C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But now that this is Marcus May's second incident of the offseason, I would, I would have to say
6: Marcus May. Right. Way, way to let your teammates down, bro. Yep. You, uh, there's no reason that you need to act like that. I mean, come on now. You, oh, I, I agree. You just have to be I more mature than that, you know? Absolutely. Man, Absolutely. It's, it's it's extremely frustrating. And we just, like, yesterday, we traded away a guy that, you know, a, a fly corner that could have played safety for, for this to happen to us. Um, it's this whole week has been nothing but, you know, just being down on team Fan. But the Trevor anything, yeah. thing, Malcolm Roach, this guy, C.D. Goose, I mean, when's it going to stop, you know? I, I, I'm dirty tomorrow.
1: I mean, anyway. yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm definitely right, with you. you. Appreciate, appreciate the call, it. man. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, you put it perfectly. When's it going to stop? I mean, there's just story – after story i mean what's what's next you know do, does does james winston tear an acl again or you know do, does does michael thomas's hamstring appear worse than it is you know what what's what's next in in this cuz james you you know bad things come in threes So, interested to see what, what's going what's gonna to happen there. Uh, so, again, in our number two, we're going to touch on the Arkansas Razorbacks. We're also going to touch on some more Saints news. We'll break down the practice roster, the practice squad roster, and we will recap, once again, the Donovan Mitchell trade, and we'll also talk a little bit Houston Astros. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, we'll talk about the Saints practice squad roster and talk about their upcoming matchup with the Atlanta Falcons a little bit. We'll save the most of it for next week. But once again, take a timeout. When we return, we'll do all that here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. If you didn't get tickets to the LSU's season opener against Florida State in the Superdome, well, don't worry. You can still have a great time by coming out to Twin Peaks on Johnston this Sunday from 6 to 8. Enjoy ice-cold beverages, burgers, and hang out with yours truly. It's the game's LSU watch party at Twin Peaks on Johnston Street, Saturday night, 6 to 8. It's Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez Mesh here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Let's go to the hotline now, 706-0111. Darren's calling in. Darren, what's
5: Yeah, what's happening? Oh, uh,
1: not too much, man.
5: Yes, yeah, sir, I got I you. To, I want to make it quick and snappy, and I wanted to talk about uh, the Marcus May thing. We, we don't really know all okay. the details. All we know is is something about a a gun that he had and he had to pull out. And before we go to Judge, I just want to say we we just knew a running back, the the running back for the Washington Commanders, he just got shot. And before we go to Judge, yeah, it was a mistake that he made, but we know these NFL players are always targeted. So we don't know the full story, and we also know – our, do you all remember Joe McKnight? He, he he also was shot and killed in a uh, targeted situation. So b- b- before we go to judge, let's also get the full details of everything that happened because we all, we know these NFL players are also, all, always targeted, just like what happened with Will Smith. We we, we don't also, all, always know all the details. So let's get all the details out before we can go to judge these players.
1: That's a good point that's a great point
5: for sure all right yeah, you, you know
1: you, you never you never know the uh appreciate you darren. you never know the uh the full extent uh, of the situation, especially you know this early on so that, that's a great point. Let's wait for the details to come out before we start making you know uh, assumptions about you know the 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 player's character if if you will all right James let's go back to finish our Worst to first conversation. We just finished talking about the Jags. Uh, looking at number three. How about Carolina? In 12 last
2: year. Odds to win the
1: NFC South at plus 1100.
2: That does make things interesting because you just got Baker you named him. He's going to have that chip on his shoulder, especially for week one going up against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. You've got. Now a new slot receiver in LaVisca Chennault. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with Robbie Anderson. But you still got D.J. Moore. Or Terrence Marshall. Or Terrence Marshall. But you still have D.J. Moore out wide. Pretty good wide receiver. You've got an all-world running back in Christian McCaffrey, as long as he doesn't get injured. The defense is pretty solid. I mean, I don't sleep on that. I like Brian Burns a lot as a player. You're getting J.C. Horn back after he got injured really early in and yep. re- start to a really good rookie season for him last year. He's something to wa- someone to watch out for. Still got Dante Jackson. I, I like him as a corner as well. Their s- their, cor- their safeties are solid, especially with Jeremy Chin. He's going to be someone that's going to be really good for them. Like it- It's a solid team. I-, I could see that they could make a really big turnaround surprise a lot of people, but right now... I just don't have them doing that because you still have to worry about Tom Brady. And I still believe, even with all the adversity for the Saints, they still find ways to have winning records and get themselves at the top of the division.
1: Yeah, I I still think that it's a two-man race between the the Saints and the Bucks, But Carolina could could make some noise and hang around, no question about it. Number two on the list, you're going to eat this one up, uh, the Denver Broncos.
2: Oh, (laughs) love it. Plus two, plus two seventy five to win the AFC West. And you know what's funny? I still wouldn't touch those odds. No, I still yeah. will I still wouldn't touch them, even man. though even though I am a lot higher on the Broncos than you are. I still don't think they win the division, but I I think they have a really good chance. It's just you still have to worry about the Kansas City Chiefs. Other people are higher on the Chargers than I you gotta am. Gotta worry
1: about the Raiders.
2: But you have to worry about the Raiders as well, because the Raiders with all the crap yep. that they had to worry about last year, they still had a winning record, still made it to the playoffs, and and gave the Bengals and Joe Burrow one hell of a fight. And the game could have gone a completely different yep. direction if there wasn't for a call that should have been made, which shouldn't have even be have been preempted with that whistle that all of a sudden happened, but they didn't blow the play dead. They let it go, and they still kept the touchdown on the board, even though it was like you had a preemptive whistle. But if that's the case, the rules say that – the touchdown shouldn't to count. It still was in the red zone, so there was still like right. a good chance of them scoring. But it, it's almost like a what could have happened if that changed things. So I'll you get agree. you get Agreed. all your you get all your weapons back. You move on from Alex Leatherwood. the The offensive line, not great for the Raiders, but you bring in the best receiver in the league in Devontae Adams, and he already had a connection at Fresno State. With Derek Carr, who's the quarterback for the Raiders. I mean, they already had that connection. For you sure, just bring it back for sure. You underrate the fact that you have a really good quarterback to receiver connection. It's underrated. Yeah.
1: No 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 question about it. No question about it. All right, James, in your opinion, which NFL team has the best chance of going from worst to first? I want to see if you guess it
2: right. I'm struggling right now. You had already talked about the Jets. You talked about the Giants. You hit on the Panthers. You talked about the Seahawks. Just talked about the Broncos. Who finished last last year? It was, it, it was Baltimore. Baltimore. It was Baltimore. I thought it was Baltimore. Cleveland. That's interesting. Baltimore.
1: Yeah. That... So Baltimore. So Baltimore finished eight nine last season. Their odds to win their division this season one forty. They're actually. This article is saying that this might be an NFL first. The Ravens are actually favored to win the AFC North one year after their last place finish.
2: That's very interesting, and that just tells me that they don't have as much. Either they have a bunch, and I mean a bunch of faith in Lamar Jackson to come back and have just a tear and, and earn that new contract. One of, that one of contract. those years. Yeah, get another MVP yeah. season under the belt. I wouldn't be surprised. The only thing that worries me, though, is the lack of pass catchers. You've got Mark Andrews. That's cool. You're getting J.K. Dobbins back off the ACL. Iffy for me, but cool. You got Gus Edwards. Been worrying about that. You just brought in Kenya Drake, who was released by the Raiders. Cool. You, you got a committee. It's not great, right. but you still have a really good offensive line. Defense is really good. But those pass catchers on the outside. You got Rashad Bateman now being the wide receiver one. And he didn't do any he didn't do jack last year. So all of a sudden you promoting him, it, it almost feels like it's the same situation with Adam Trotman. last year from going tight end 3 to tight end 1. Everyone has this expectation like, "Oh, you better get 800 800 yards and eight touchdowns and never fumble and never commit penalties. Otherwise, we're calling you trash. We're calling for your name and we need you to get the hell out of town." That's what that's what it feels like. You're putting that expectation so, all of a sudden, and you have to have him be that Marquise Brown role.
1: So here's here's my question, and this what I'm about to ask is not a knock on the Baltimore Ravens in any way, but in your opinion, have people lost
2: faith in the Bengals? That that's what I was. That's actually what I was trying to get to. Was either Cause, either cause they don't if, have as much faith the case, in James? That doesn't make sense to me. Well, you always have to keep in mind about Super Bowl hangovers. That's the thing. You always have to keep in mind about Super Bowl hangovers because you look at, at teams like the Falcons. They made it in 2016, but they they haven't sniffed the playoffs since. And they've done anything since. Yeah, it's
1: it's true. It's true, but here's my my thing is, you know, you look at the Bengals and you know, they came out of nowhere last year with a healthy Joe Burrow and got to the Super Bowl when nobody expected them to, returned all of their major contributors, and beefed up the O-line. So it's just, and I get the Super Bowl hangover thing, and I get that that's, you know, a real concern for Cincinnati, but I just, I don't see how you can lose faith in a team that on paper got better from finishing second in the Super Bowl last year. That just that doesn't make sense to me. Let's go to the hotline 706-0111. Jay, what's up,
3: bud?
7: Um, the Falcons made the playoffs the year. They lost in the Super Bowl. Uh, I just want to add that. Um, but I, I understand what your co-host what he was saying, uh, what he was trying to say. Um, uh, guess what? The Bengals, like like uh, once again, like your co-host. The Bengals, we don't, you know, say first time in the playoffs in a minute. Um, so I think they're going to do so. I think they're going to make the playoffs again. Now, the, the situation with Baltimore, their left tackle was hurt. I think they lost their left tackle. They had some offensive line woes. Uh, of course, we know about the situation with the corner, uh, with a DB. They lost a DB to running backs. That team has always been consistent, uh, consistent when it comes to making the playoffs or qualifying for, uh, for the playoffs. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens bounce uh, bounce back from last year. Um, let's so look at that situation. I, I don't, it's not surprising that people are picking the, uh, the Ravens because of the organization The organization is one, it's one of the best organizations in the uh, national football league. So, you know, I know, and I'm not, I'm not saying you, I know people are waiting. They're waiting for Lamar Jackson to fail. I know they want to see Lamar, uh, fail, but, um, hopefully it won't be this year. But, um, that's all I have to add. But I, I don't, I don't, I just think the inconsistency of the Bengals franchise might, might scare some people away. It might be one of those type of uh, deals. And uh, thank y'all. That's y'all true.
1: That's true. Appreciate the call, Jake. Um, so yeah, the Falcons did make the playoffs the year after losing to the, losing in the Super Bowl. They made it to the divisional round where they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, but I just again, shut out.
2: I, I shut out that playoffs because it was such a weird one. You got to the, you got to the championship had, games, and you had three bum quarterbacks in there, and then yeah. there was Tom Brady. It was it was just such a weird one. I like to forget that one, um, especially with the again, Minneapolis. I mean, it's, been five,
1: it's been five years since the Saints made the playoffs, so I mean I, I definitely understand you know that thought process, and he, he's right about the Baltimore Ravens. They're one of the best run franchises franchises in the NFL so I could I could definitely understand why people are are high on Baltimore and then again let's not forget it is Lamar Jackson we're talking about here
2: not to mention Um, the foundation of their offense other than Lamar Jackson they're running it it yeah JK Dobbins ACL Gus Edwards I believe it was an ACL but I know it was a season-ending injury so it wasn't ACL. Your, you lose your top two running backs, and all of a sudden you have to go with your third. I mean, your running attack and the focal point of your offense—it just it becomes so much less effective once once you lose some big injuries like that. And it's not like they were coming back; you just lost them for the whole year. So you had to scramble, and it was in the preseason. It wasn't during training camp or mini camp or rookie mini camp or just team activities during the off season. It was right before the season started. So you just kind of had to make it up as you went along, almost. That's why they had to go so much more of a passing attack, and that's why you saw Mark Andrews go crazy because it was like, who else are you going to go to other than Marquise Brown? Yeah, it's true.
1: It's true Uh, that that division is probably the most interesting to me. I mean, what are the Steelers going to do with Mitch Trubisky? Are the Bengals just as good, if not better, as they were last year? What will the Ravens be? And whenever he comes back from his suspension, how's Deshaun Watson going to look? It's been two years since he's played football. What, what, what's he going to look like in a uh, in an NFL game for, for the first time in a long time? So, again, the AFC North, probably the most
2: intriguing division from my perspective. James, all you, bud. You want to start off week one right. I know it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. But you want to kick it off on a high note. And doing that is with America's number one sportsbook and FanDuel. Join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. When you place a first $5 bet, sign up using promo code KLWB to get in on the action. Then you can turn payday, you can turn game day into payday all season long. I'm looking and taking that minus five and a half spread for the Saints in their week one matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, they're not looking too good right now. I'm not, not too hyped up on them. You're always able to play your way. You can bet on more than just the final score though. You can wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to even catches. You can combine multiple bets for an even bigger payout with the same-game parlay. So don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana permitted parishes only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue is novel drawable site credit that expires in 14 days after the sweep. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, Ty Richardson of ESPN Arkansas joins us
1: for a preview of the Razorbacks. Don't go anywhere. This is the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros
0: from the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back Back to to more Crunch Time time. with Miguez and Mesh here on the The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: 36 after the hour. Here on Crunch Time with Miguel and Mesh on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez coming to you live from Cecilia High School while James Mesh is in the master control suite. We are joined by Ty Richardson, who is the co-host of the Morning Rush on ESPN Arkansas. Ty, thanks so much for taking the time, man. How you doing?
3: Matt, uh, absolutely. You're in the thick of Louisiana high school football. We've got it right here in Arkansas as well. It is a good time to be a sports fan and doing a little sports talk radio this afternoon.
1: Yeah, no no doubt about it. Let's start with, with the Razorbacks of Arkansas. You know, Sam Pittman has started to turn this program around coming off one of their best seasons in a decade What's the feeling of the fan base and the program as you head into 2022?
3: That's excitement. I think this fan base was wanting something to hold on to, and they finally got it. You didn't have that with Chad Morris. and Arkansas, while they're not the level of LSU, I think any college football person could figure that out. They got some pride, and they want to win that boot every single year, whether it's in Baton Rouge or whether that game's in Fayetteville. There is a – a great deal of fandom inside this state, and Sam Pimden has restored the pride and really the sanctity because Arkansas fans were going insane for the two years that Chad Morris was up on the hill in Fayetteville.
1: Now, looking at the quarterback position, K.J. Jefferson's back, and, man, just an exceptional talent at that quarterback position. What stands out about K.J. and the way he's able to lead this offense?
3: Well, I think you just go back to last year when have with Baton Rouge. Nothing was going right. It looked like LSU was just running zero blitz the entire game. It worked because Arkansas had no counter to it. Then he scrambled, could have gotten sacked twice, found Dominique Johnson for one of the game-changing plays. He's just a gamer, man. He, he wants to win, and we say that a lot. a lot of guys, right? But when you see someone who's fighting injuries or just willing his team to the finish line, That's K.J. Jefferson in a nutshell. And you think about a kid that's a Mississippi guy, grew up really close to Ole Miss. For Arkansas to get him and for him to be the quarterback that many fans think he could be, there's something special awaiting that offense this season. K.J.'s got the the master key. He's just got to turn it.
1: Talk to me about the backfield. You know, you got two running backs back there that return in Sanders and Johnson. What do these guys do well to kind of complement Jefferson?
3: Dominic Johnson is a bruiser. He's a guy that's going to run you over and make you pay for tackling him or trying to tackle him in some cases, breaking tackles, never going to burn you with elite speed. Rocket Sanders, the name is how it is. It's Raheem Rocket Sanders out of Rockledge, Florida. Kid can fly. Good freshman season for him last year. I think he's going to step up again this year. That's the that's the level that you have at the running back position. Then A.J. Green, who ran an outstanding time in 100 meters in high school at Tulsa Union. They've got three guys that Sam Pittman is really excited about to grow and produce this year. Dominic Johnson's coming off an injury from the bowl game, so they're going to have to wait on that, Matt, but if they get him back. It should be a uh, it should be a fun season in that backfield.
1: Looking out wide, you know you lose Traylon Burks to the NFL, a first round pick to the Tennessee Titans. But you know Hazelwood comes in from Oklahoma. Talk about you know how he kind of filled that gap that Traylon Burks left.
3: He's running a lot of slot. That's what Burks did last year. Is he going to be the same level as Traylon Burks in year one? I doubt it. and I say year one, at Arkansas. But it's definitely helping that room. They also brought over Matt Landers. They brought in three four-star freshmen, two of them hailing from the state of Arkansas. You think about some outstanding receivers lately in the Southeastern Conference, most notably Louisiana owns Devontae Smith. and I know that your listeners would much rather have seen him in purple and gold than wearing that Crimson Tide crap, but... He ends up electing to go to Alabama, and man, there's just been some dude: Burks, Smith, Waddle, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I don't know if Arkansas is going to have one of those dudes this year, but I think they're quietly excited about what's happening in that wide receiver room. Talk
1: about this offensive line. You know, some people, from from what I've seen, some people have it rated as one of the top in the SDC. What do you think?
3: Matt, they got four returning starters. And anytime you return four starters in any position group, it's pretty good. The left tackle was Luke Jones. He's a Pulaski Academy graduate. It's one of the best Arkansas high school football teams, if not the country. They consistently play teams out of state and fare well for the most part. He, tr- he started his career at Notre Dame, transferred in. He's locking up that left tackle position, the one starter that graduated and moved on to what he hopes is brighter pastures at some point in the National Football League. So I think this is going to be an offensive line unit that's up for the Joe Moore Award. I don't know if they'll be as good as that LSU offensive line unit that Joe Burrow had at his disposal. That kind of was unheralded. We always talked about Burrow, Jefferson, Chase, Quiet Edwards a chase on uh, Patrick Queen, uh, Derek Steenley, had dudes that we talked about all over, but that offensive line was a force. And Anytime you have a good girthy offensive line, you can make plays happen. And I think Arkansas has one of those this year that's going to give some SEC defensive line problems. Now, are they going to road grade everybody? Probably not. But I think anytime that you're getting coached by Sam Pittman, it helps in the offensive line.
1: So before we get to the defensive side of the ball, you, you, you your, your answer gave me another question. The 2019 LSU football team, especially that offense, do you think, you know, some people have said that that was the most prolific offense in the history of college football. Do you agree with that?
3: Dude, I, I mean, I watched so many of their games, and I, I found myself rooting for them in that Alabama game in Tuscaloosa when Tua <laughs> was in himself and Burrow played out of his mind. That offense, I mean, but then you followed up with what Bama had the next year with Mac Jones, Devontae Smith. I mean, that team was unbelievable as well. You look at what Cam Newton and company had in 2010 with what they were doing offensively. There's probably a few here and there. Johnny Manziel and company texted in, but they didn't want Natty. So I think it would be very hard to not include them in the top three in the last decade or two. I'd have to do more research, but they're definitely up there with the talent. I mean, you just. All you got to do is look who's playing the NFL. (laughs) I mean, that's all you have to do. And it wasn't just on offense, on defense as well. But any time that you have guys that are littered on NFL rosters, and not just littered but star players, that's when you know you probably had a decent team that was running around in college, kind of like those Miami squads back in the day. And that's what LSU felt like to me is one of those 80s slash early 2000 Miami squads where you just had NFL dudes all over the field.
1: Ty Richardson of ESPN Arkansas joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Looking at the Razorback defense, Bumper Pool is the name that jumps off the page. I mean, an elite linebacker for the Razorbacks. Talk about you know, his progression throughout the last couple of years in Fayetteville and, and what you like about his game.
3: Guys, Bumper Pool's been here for what seems like a decade. This is his sixth year say he's not the only one Don Wagner I think there's a couple more on this roster they love playing for Sam Pittman and you know what losing sucks and that's what their majority of their early part of their career was now all of a sudden they get a taste of what nine games feels like they get the boot they go get the battle line trophy for Missouri they get the outback Bowl trophy they get wins the South the Southwest Classic in Jerry World that winning's fun. LSU fans know that. You guys have won three national championships in the past two decades. I don't know if Arkansas will get one anytime soon, but what I do know is Bumper Poole is going to be a huge part of this season. He is the second leading tackle career-wise in all of college football that's an active player, and he could finish his season as the all-time leading tackler. As long as he doesn't get injured, that's going to happen. He's got the advantage of having – an extra two years, unlike Tony Bua, who I think Boo is the all time leading tackler, if I remember that right. But man, Bumper Pool, here's a kid, grew up in Texas. Parents, I think both went to the University of Arkansas, probably extremely proud of their son. His sister works within the recruiting staff of the U of A. So it's a it's a it's a hog family, man. And they uh he's a big part of what Arkansas is gonna be success and why Arkansas will be successful in two thousand twenty two.
1: Those are always cool stories when when the whole family's involved with the university. So it's kind of one of those things like you ask you ask the player, why'd you go to Arkansas? Well, because Arkansas has been in my life since I was a child. Those stories are always really cool. Um, looking at Arkansas and LSU, kind of a trade of sorts went down over the offseason. Greg Brooks comes from Fayetteville to Baton Rouge, but Dwight McLaughlin goes from Baton Rouge. Talk about Dwight and what he's done in camp as a Razorback.
3: Yeah, you also had Joe Fouché and Landon Jackson who basically switched spots. Landon was looking at Arkansas, Texarkana ultimately elected to go to LSU out of high school. Uh, I mean, those are Louisiana kids, I get it, man. You grow up in Louisiana, you want to be a Tiger. You didn't get heavenly recruited. you weren't offered, you're going to go somewhere else. Arkansas loves Louisiana kids because there's so much talent in that state, so I don't begrudge, and I hopefully Arkansas fans understand their rationale, their reason for going back home. Now, McLaughlin right now is listed at two in the depth chart, as is Landon Jackson, but they will both play. They will both be parts of this defense that Barry Odom needs to to shore it up and and to have a successful season. I don't know if they're going to be consistent starters down the line. We'll have to wait and see, but they will play significant minutes. On this ste- on this team.
1: A couple more for you, Ty. First off, how can Arkansas develop a better pass rush? You know that's kind of been a weakness for them for the last couple of seasons.
3: Yeah, get some speed. I mean, that's uh, I, I want Arden Key coming off the edge, guys. I, I want someone that's six <laughs> six and runs like a four five four six. Now, those guys are not exactly easy to find, but. You got to have some dudes like has had Trey Flowers. They've had Jake Beckett. Those are kind of the more notable names lately in the past decade that I think your your audience would know just because they wrecked havoc in LSU's backfield before. Is there a guy on this team right now that you can say is a draftable pick in the upcoming? I I don't know. I hope so. They that is the weakest position group of their team and I don't think it's even close. If they figure that out this team will win ten ball games. If they don't, then their it's going to their their season's going to be a little murkier, and that's what you know about. Here, one thing: death taxes and LSU always having a good defensive backfield. They call it DBU for a reason, and then having like that one or two guys that will just blow by your left tackle or right tackle and just pile drive your quarterback in the ground. You can't say that consistently about Arkansas. I wish you could. Then they'd be more consistent, and they wouldn't have these two and ten back to back seasons. But yeah, uh, defensive line biggest question mark on the team by far. I don't even think it's close, guys.
1: Ty Richardson of ESPN Arkansas: The Razorbacks currently have an over under of seven, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Ty, really appreciate you taking the time. Hopefully the Hogs can can hit the over on that. And uh, as, as that game gets closer a little bit later on in the year, we'll talk to you soon.
3: Absolutely, guys. Hammer the over. There's not a chance that Arkansas doesn't win at least seven or more games. You'll get your money back if you push.
1: Fantastic, Ty. Really appreciate you, man.
3: You got it, guys. See you.
1: And there he goes, Ty Richardson of ESPN Arkansas. Suit Up with fashion tuxedos and suits for all occasions, wedding party specials and sportswear. Three locations, one on Ambassador Caffrey, one in New Iberia and one in Lake Charles across from the Prion Lake Mall. Professional service, great staff. They make you feel important. Get dressed up for homecoming at Suit Up. Once again, Ambassador Caffrey, New Iberia and Lake Charles across from the Prion Lake Mall. 50% off of all Southern Marsh apparel now until Monday. Go get your hands on some of the most comfortable Southern apparel in Southern Marsh at Suit Up. Once again, 50% off until Monday. We'll take a timeout, wrap up today's show on the other side. This is The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Attention sports fans, your favorite sports book, BetUS.com, is back for their 28th year of NFL action with the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%. BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. Also, hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest European slots, and live dealers waiting for you at the tables. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need a sports book that you know you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. Call today at 1-800-79-BET-US. That's 1-800-79-BET-US, and they'll walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than BetUS. Join now and mention to get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Head to BetUS.com and join today. That's BetUS, where the games begin. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. Wrapping up here, Matt coming to you live from Cecilia High School. James back in the master control suite. I want to take this opportunity to thank Jay Walker and Ty Richardson for joining us. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well. Give a hug to your mom and them. Stay classy, Acadiana. Friday fun show tomorrow here on the game. It's 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Southside to Notre Dame on Mustang 1071 at 7 o'clock tonight. Hope you join us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on The Game.